Welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the Emet community, and we are so very, very pleased and happy to have all of you out there tuning in with us today. We're going to be coming to you from one of our Sunday morning services, and we hope and pray that the message today will be a blessing to you. Exodus chapter 25, and move down, if you will, to verse 31. Exodus chapter 25, verse 31, And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall the candlestick be made. His shaft and his branches, his bowls, his knops, and his flowers shall be of the same. And six branches shall come out of the sides of it. Three branches of the candlestick out of the one side, and three branches of the candlestick out of the other side. Three bowls made like unto almonds, with a knop and a flower in one branch. And three bowls made like unto almonds in the other branch, with a knop and a flower. So in the six branches that come out of the candlestick. And I just want to stop right there and continue with the message we started last week, a candlestick made of pure gold. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the moving of your spirit of which we have felt here in this service today. And Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that you have given unto us to open up your word and to minister your word today. Lord, we just ask for your anointing upon this service. Lord, that you will anoint me to rightly divide this word. Lord, anoint your people to hear and receive. Lord, meet needs today. Lord, answer questions that may be in the hearts of your people. And Lord, we're just careful to give you praise, glory, and honor for all that you have done and for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. This candlestick made of pure gold, the instructions of it was given to Moses some 3,500 years ago. God went into a lot of detail as to how this thing was to be made. If you'll notice in these nine verses from verses 31 down to verse 40, some four times... I believe I counted it the other day. You'll see the phrase made of the same, of the same. A man by the name of Bezalel took a piece of gold, a talent of gold, weighing somewhere around 120 pounds, and he beat this candlestick, and there's a picture of it up on the screen. He took one block of gold and he beat this candlestick into the shape of which you see there on the screen. They tell us that there's no one in the world today who can do that. God anointed this man with this craft, with the Spirit, to mold this thing, to beat it out with a hammer. Bezalel is a type of the Holy Spirit. 
only the Holy Spirit can do that which needs to be done within the church. As we look at the church, we see that there are needs here. Some of you going to church this morning, as you look around in your particular church, those of you listening by radio, you see needs that are there. Only the Holy Spirit can meet that need. Only the Holy Spirit can do that work that needs to be done. And as I said, God gave a lot of instructions as to how this candlestick was to be made. Each component is very important. This candlestick is the only vessel, the only piece of furniture that represented Christ, the Holy Spirit, and Israel of that day. But due to the fact that Israel rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and crucified him, today the candlestick represents the church. And you can read that in the first chapter of the book of Revelation. The candlestick has another name. It's called the menorah. The word menorah means light bearer. It was the only source of light in the tabernacle. The candlestick, symbolic of the church, tells us that the church is the only true source of light which is in this world today. The candlestick sat on the left-hand side of the tabernacle, and it cast its light over upon the table of showbread. The table of showbread is a type of the Word of God. In the first couple chapters of the book of Genesis, we read where God created this world. He created man, and man fell. From Genesis chapter 3 and forward to the end of the book of Revelation, it tells us how God redeemed mankind. If you want to know what the story of the Word of God is, it is the story of man's redemption. The story of the Bible is the story of the cross. Verse 31, Thou shalt make a candlestick that speaks of the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death. Man could not save himself. God in the form of God could not save mankind. Because God in the form of God cannot die. So God had to become a man, which he did. And that man is the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold. The pure gold is symbolic of the deity of Christ. Jesus was not just half man and half God. He was fully God and fully man. But understand this today. Although Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, lived in this world healed the sick, raised the dead, lived a perfect life, that within itself, ladies and gentlemen, was not enough to save mankind. He had to go to the cross and die. 
Thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold, of beaten work shall the candlestick be made. Our salvation was beaten out on the cross of Calvary. Of a beaten work shall the candlestick be made. Jesus Christ died on Calvary for you and I. You and I are symbolized by the six branches which are on that candlestick. If you will, pull that image back up on the screen, if you will. If you'll look right here in this area, you see the three branches coming out of each side. And right here in the middle, we have the shaft. Six branches. Six is man's number. Six is the number for incompletion, imperfection. Man is incomplete because he is without God. Six is man's number. Man was created on the sixth day. The number of the Antichrist in the near future will be six, six, six. Six is man's number. But I want you to notice how these six branches are connected to the shaft in the middle. That middle shaft represents Christ. And I want you to notice, if we were to remove the center shaft right here, just take it out completely. There would be nothing for the branches to connect to. What are you saying, Brother James? I'm saying this. Only Jesus Christ can bring about unity. Are you hearing me? Pull it up on the screen. Galatians 3, verse 28. Galatians 3. 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Notice that, latter part of that verse. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. That right there is the answer to the race problem. You see, because the moment you come to Christ, our former identity is eliminated. You see, I do not consider myself to be a white man. I do not consider myself to be original free will Baptist. I consider myself foremost up front. I consider myself to first be a Christian, a child of God. That is first. Now, six is man's number. We are the branches. Christ is the center shaft. With the six branches and the shaft in the middle, that makes seven. Seven places upon which there would be a light burning. Seven is God's number of completion 
perfection, and universality. Man without God is incomplete. But the moment you join yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, He can make your six into a seven. What are you trying to say, Brother James? I'm trying to tell you this. Only Jesus Christ can complete you. Glory to God. He can complete you. The Apostle Paul said in Colossians 2 and 10 that we are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Only Jesus Christ can complete you and make you into what you ought to be. In John chapter 15 and verse 5, if you can pull that up, Jesus said, I am the vine. And you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Latter part of that verse right there. For without me, you can do nothing. I want you to understand something here today. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are not just adding Christ to your life. When you accept Christ as your Savior, you're not just adding Christ to the mix of things. You're not just adding Him to your life, but He is to become the centerpiece the center point, the focal point. Everything you do, you eat, drink, sleep, breathe, work, it's all with Jesus Christ in the center. He becomes the center point of your life. Not your children, not your parents, not your grandparents, not anything else, not your job, not your education or anything else. Jesus Christ is to be the center of your life. And if you will make him the center of your life, he'll pull everything else together and make it work. I talked to a man just this week. I said, sir, are you saved? I was shocked at his response. Yes, preacher James, I'm saved. I said, well, where do you go to church? Oh, well, now, Brother James, I... I just ain't got time for church. You don't have time for church? No. I've got so many bills. I have to work six days a week, and Sunday's my only day off, and, and Sunday's my day. I said, and you say you're saved. You're a Christian, yes. I said, well, let me show you something here in the Word of God. Matthew six thirty three. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added unto you. I said, If you seek first the kingdom of God and make him first, maybe you won't have to work so much. Well, I hadn't ever thought of that. 
we as Christians need to get our priorities straight. We have to put Jesus Christ first. When you get your check, 10% of it goes to the work of God. You make him first. Oh, I didn't get no amens out of that one. But you support the work of God. You support the work of God with your tithes. You support the work of God with your, with your time, your talent. You make Jesus Christ the center of your life. You don't get married without Jesus Christ. You don't go to school without Jesus Christ. You don't go to work without Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ becomes everything to you. A lot of people today, they just want to add Christ to the mix of things because they want a little fire insurance. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. All right. Exodus 25, verse 33. You'll see in that verse that there are to be three bowls made like unto almonds. The almond bowls represent resurrection. Israel spent 40 years wandering around in the wilderness because of their unbelief. A couple of years into that experience, a man named Korah assembles a group of people and incites a rebellion against Moses and Aaron and I'm just paraphrasing here, and says, God didn't put you in this position of leadership over Israel. You've exalted yourself, and you've put yourself in this position, and I'm going to put a stop to it. I'm going to lead Israel. To make a long story short, the ground opened up and swallowed him and all of his family and his houses and everything else that he had. He had 250 people with him. Fire went out from God and killed every one of them. The very next day, some of them come up saying, telling Moses and Aaron, and said, you have killed God's people. And a plague went out from God and another 14,700 people died. You better watch your mouth when it comes to the person God has called. God said, I'm going to put a stop to this. I'm going to show you whom I have called. I want a representative from each of the tribes of Israel. Take a dead stick. Write your name on that stick and lay it inside the tabernacle. Tomorrow morning, you will see the one whom I have chosen. And in Numbers, chapter 17, in verse 8, the Bible says, On the morrow Moses went into the tabernacle of witness, and behold, the rod of Aaron for the house of Levi was budded, brought forth buds, bloomed blossoms, and yielded almonds. A dead stick brought forth buds, bloomed, and yielded almonds. Almonds. It is a type of resurrection. 
the Bible says that there were to be three almond-shaped bowls in the branches of the candlestick. That speaks of resurrection. Three almond-shaped bowls. Jesus died on Calvary. He was buried. In three days, he rose from the dead. And because he lives, you and I can live also. It speaks of a resurrection life. Get it out of your mind now about the rapture. That, that's coming, but that's not what I'm talking about. You are to have resurrection life. What do you mean? I'm saying the same power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit of power that resides in your heart and life. And he makes you into a new creation. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Resurrection life. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened. He has made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Those three almond-shaped bowls represents resurrection life now he mentions in exodus 25 verse 33 the knops the knops resembled pomegranates does anybody know what a pomegranate is a pomegranate is 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 a type of fruit and in the candlestick, there's to be one of these knops in, in all of the branches. Simply stating this, you as a Christian, as a child of God, you're to be bearing fruit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Paul said, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, Faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. You should have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, but it'll only be as you walk in the Spirit. Now, how do you walk in the Spirit? Well, Brother James, I come to church. Well, thank God for that. Brother James, I walk in the Spirit by paying my tithe. Amen. Thank God for that. I walk in the Spirit by reading my Bible. Praise God. I pray. I fast, and that's how I walk in the Spirit. And those are good things, but those things are not walking in the Spirit. Well, Brother James, what is walking in the Spirit? It is simply you keeping your faith in Christ and what he did for you at Calvary's cross. If you'll do that, keep your faith in his finished work, then the Holy Spirit will work in your life and you'll begin to see this fruit of the Spirit starting to come forth in your life. Now, fruit takes time to cultivate in, in whatever the case. You might not see it overnight, but in due season, 
you'll begin to see that fruit coming forth in your life. Let me move on. The next thing that we see is the flowers that were in the candlestick. The flowers represented lilies, and that typifies purity. Within ourselves, there is no purity, there is no holiness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. But once the branches become connected to the center shaft, there can be purity there. There can be holiness there. And it's not because of what we do or don't do. It's all because of what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary. I want you to notice the latter half of verse 33. So in the six branches that come out of the candlestick, they've got to be connected to the center shaft, the Lord Jesus Christ. Man without God is a six. But once man accepts Jesus Christ, he becomes a seven. And once you're joined to Christ, you can have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You can have purity and holiness in your life. But it's only as you're connected to the center shaft, the Lord Jesus Christ. So in the six branches that come out of the candlestick, that is for all mankind. If you would like to have a free copy of the message you've just heard today, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. Established in the Faith is also on Facebook. Just look us up. You'll also find today's message there as well. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, feel free to give us a call. The number is 252-299-4234. Three, four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church in Middlesex, North Carolina, as well depends on the prayerful and financial support of listeners like you. To contribute to this ministry, make a check out to Friendship Church in the memo box, write Radio Ministry. Mail it to Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you have been listening to Establishing the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He is the pastor of Friendship Original Free Will Baptist Church in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the Emmett community. On Sunday mornings, we have Sunday school starting at 945 and worship service at 11. The church is located one mile off of Highway 231 in Emmett, North Carolina. Just turn in front of Johnson Auto Savage on the Friendship Church Road. We would love to have you and hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. God bless you.